Good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. Um, I am just like Janet Hubert, and I met Chris Rock once, and I also had enough. Lee from D. I am the makeup artist for Tammy Faye. I just watched that last night, too. Yes. Yes. I had the wrong idea about Tammy Faye because you, because I live her. Okay. Well, hold on. Let's get, we can get more into it. Yeah, we'll get, but I'm Aaron, formerly of the D9 NYC. I am Tommy Pickles because I don't want no responsibilities no more. (laughs) Bitch, shut up. I was just listening to a podcast and they were like, what did the dad do? And I was like, he was a toy inventor. They're like, oh, fuck, he was a toy inventor. He was. So that's funny. And this is Black Like Us. Um, Shall we dive just straight on into the post-Oxers fuck shit or would you like to build up? We can build up to that. We'll start. So this is the thing, like, because the Oscars took up so much space, it kind of bumped a lot of the topics that I was going to talk about off, but oh well, because it didn't matter. It was dumb shit anyway. But we'll start here. Remy Ma was on Drink Champs. And that's why you got this wig on? Yes, it's a look. <laughs> <laughs> now it all makes sense. It's a theme. I had a bit of a theme. Um, so Remy Ma was on Drink Champs, and they asked her about her beef with Nicki Minaj, and she was like, I didn't really expect it because we had talked beforehand and said we wasn't going to diss each other and all this other stuff. Well, Nicki Minaj was like, I don't know what the fuck this bitch is talking about because I ain't talked to no goddamn body. <laughs> Never had this conversation. <laughs> all right, I'm going to say something controversial yet brave. Nicki is lying because there were multiple interviews beforehand when Nicki was talking about the relationship she had built with Remy Mom when that bitch was in prison. Yeah. The fuck out of here. Yeah. Y'all don't need to be fighting. Y'all don't need to be fighting. I really do want, I want whatever this is to finally be done. And because I want them on a song together. I want, yes, that would be everything. So, because I mean, I really like both of them. I think both of them are incredibly talented. And it's like, I don't want the foolishness to continue to distract from the talent, you know? Because we can do the nonsense. Also, I mean, Remy is past 40. Nikki's almost there. Like, y'all know my stance. Like, once you get to a certain age, you just can't be doing what you used to be doing in your 20s. Yeah. I, I just feel like, like, I feel like the two of you are very dominant figures in a field and industry that, one, doesn't respect or like women. Two, doesn't respect or like black women, or and three doesn't respect or like black women who can rap and were and write majority of their own shit. They will like, continuously give the credit to whatever man is close. Right, like y'all don't have to like each other, but if you see sis, I'll be like, yo, she raps. Yeah, she's out here doing her thing. Hey, girl, hey, and go about your fucking day. You ain't gotta invite this bitch over for tea and fucking crumpets on a Sunday afternoon. It's fine. I agree with you. I, I just don't like I just don't I don't like beef between female rappers 
And the no. reason why is because it's almost always contrived by people outside of them. Or bullshit has ideas of who and what they are and how they did and what they should have done and what they could do. Like, here's the thing. Get the fuck over yourself. Yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. Like with Cut the- a track with this bitch and be done. With Make some money, girl. Rappers, with a lot of the male rappers, when they have beef, it's like a very clear reason. That's reasonable or not, it's a very clear catalyst. You know what I'm saying? It's not based 100% in the people around you trying to gas you by putting this other woman down. It's all bullshit. It is. At the end of the day, it's all bullshit. Yeah. We can write diss tracks about each other, you know, whatever, have fun, make your coin. Cause that's what, I mean, that's really what like propelled many a rapper for. Yeah. However, like this shit don't need to be that serious. Like we ain't trying to fight in the streets. Yeah. Not to carry on this long. Like at this point, it's like, let's be honest. There's only one of them that has done time for um, putting two in a tummy. Can't remember who said that. <laughs> was that that was Sheether? Yeah. Was that Sheether? I put two in her tummy. It was. Yeah. You might want to take that as a warning. But it's just like it's this is just at this point it's too much energy for this nonsense. Let's just let it. It's go. it's a bunch of nigga shit. Get over it. Speaking of nigga shit, <laughs> Jesse Williams is back in court because. Ooh. Jesse Williams, the actor. Oh, Grey's. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, light skin with the the light eyes. His fine ass. (laughs) That nigga is fine. With his ex, because he wants to get his child support reduced. The black one. Yes. (laughs) He's with a black girl now. I thought he was with a white girl. Mm -mm. Oh. The more you know. But, um... So when they first got divorced in 2019, he agreed to pay 40000 a month in child support. But now he's saying since he's not on grades anymore, his paychecks have significantly decreased and it's a very up and down nature to his employment because now he's on Broadway. And her response was, well, nigga, you shouldn't have been selfish. Now deal with I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was cheating on her, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was cheating on her. I don't even remember that, but I'm no, because she's on. I don't care that your income reduced. I want the same child support. That's because you had to be selfish and want to follow your dream. Don't mean that my child support should have to change. He was also, if I remember correctly, allegedly, allegedly, he was also following other pussy. So hey. I don't care nothing about none of that. I'm trying to figure out why do you need $40,000 a month per child? That ain't our business. Sis says she needed 40 k a month. And that is all we needed to know. <laughs> I mean, I have children. Can't say I spend 40000 a month. Granted. Bitch, if you had the capability to do so and have savings and be comfortable, you would. I don't we know all would. I don't know that I would just because I can't. Lies. 
<laughs> not, like, not every month. You know what I'm saying? Like lies, I, bitch. I can't see it. I genuinely see it. Girl, but, you would be out here buying clothes up the wazoo. Well, you have a whole man. apartment for nothing but storage of your clothing. I'm gonna say and hair and makeup. But that's me, not on the kids. You ain't I'm talking because child support is supposed to be for the kids, right? Well, it also goes to pay for in this situation. Yes, it goes to pay for housing and things of for housing and bills and setting aside money for um, college and all of those things. Uh, We can't necessarily say that child support is setting aside money for college, but a lot of these divorces they are they have a separate entity for college payments for any type of school, educational, child care related payments. They're usually always separate from child support. Sis said I needed 40k. And I said, oh well, I guess sis needs 40k. Work girl. <laughs> I'm all for keeping them in the lifestyle they're accustomed. But the thing about it is if the lifestyle at daddy's house changed, shit is they're no longer accustomed to that lifestyle that you still trying to live like he can afford it. He can't afford Daddy it. better get on that Tyler Perry train. And be that light-skinned savior that every Tyler Perry movie needs. He's fine as fuck, too. He fit right the fuck on in. And he has an accent. No, he doesn't. He's American. I thought he had an accent. No. I mean, he looks like he should have an accent. but He does look like he should, but he doesn't have one. I think it's, I saw something that he was in. He had an accent. And I just was like, well, he has an accent. He must be Australian. And that was it. (laughs) He's, very, he's, not having accent. he's still fine as fuck. He'll be all right. If y'all want to know the game in 50 Cent are still beefing. No. Yeah. <laughs> and the game is a photo of a rotisserie chicken with 50 Cent's head on it and a G unit tank top. And that shit was funny to me. Like- <laughs> so we're going to call this section Senior Roundup. Because <laughs> all of these niggas are fastly approaching the grave, one foot in, and they sit here. It's a lot of back I mean, it, it's honestly it's dumb, and I'm not going into it. If y'all truly want to know, then it's all over the place. I literally only brought it up so I could tell y'all that he made Fifty Cent into a rotisserie chicken, and that shit is hilarious. <laughs> My fucking god! <laughs> Better have the Vivica. She's been, for whatever reason, she's been popping up in my life more and more. And I'm like, ma'am, yeah. if I didn't kill Bill, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, Lotto got her first number one today. Her song, Big Energy, that samples Mariah Carey. The remix just came out and Mariah Carey's on it. And it's her first number one. And I actually really, word. really like that song. I no, that song it. is like good. Yeah. You hate it? Yeah. Have y'all listened? How can you hate it? So I actually kind of like the original the Lotto's version of the song without Mariah on it. Oh, this I haven't one, heard the Mariah, the version with Mariah on it. I just like Oh the- no, the, don't listen. So the the Lotto version without Mariah, that actually kind of grew on me because like it's one of those songs you just hear like an Uber like yeah. all the all the time. But Mariah's vocals are very 2022 on this song, not 1992. Oh. Yeah, it's it's not it's not her best. 
It's not her. She should have just been like, you know what? Go ahead and sample this track on my vocals and been done. She could have did literally anything. Like, so DJ Khaled is also on the song and yes, he contributes no. nothing. And Mariah really, she could have just been in the background or she could have sang the hook, but she tried to re-sing the first verse and no, it's, mm. it's not good. Like, uh, I feel so bad. Her OG version, it it had that same, I want to say that same feel and appeal that when Will Smith and Jazzy J did um, Summer Madness, Summertime. Yes. It's just that like kind of fun remake of like an old classic that is a summer song. It made sense. And you would hope that like Mariah being on the track would further cement it. But enhance it, but... Now, I remember an interview not that long ago where when the song first came out for Lotto, they asked her, like, something along the line, like, how was you inspired by it? And she basically, she gave the worst answer you could give. She was just like, oh, my team gave me this song. And they said Mariah Carey sampled it. And I hadn't heard the Mariah Carey version until recently. And we were all like, what? Like no, she not, didn't. How could you not have heard that? Now, granted, she's probably she's like 23 22. or 22. She's very young. Super young. However, like fantasy is one of those songs that has like not gone away. Like it's, that's my thing. Like bullshit. Because I remember being a kid and at 303 on 92.3, but you see, would always hear Alicia Myers, I want to thank you. This is the thing. If you grew up in a house like I did, like my mom hated Mariah Carey. So no, we nobody like, likes Mariah Carey. They I, just have their songs. I love no, I'm not gonna Mariah say that. Carey. This is the thing. I love Mariah Carey. My mom hated Mariah Carey. So I never heard Mariah Carey in my house. If I didn't like discover her elsewhere, I would never know. That's, <laughs> that song was everywhere. It has that. been everywhere for and the last also, two decades. But, but we are speaking of fantasy at our big over 30 year old ages. <laughs> Girl, Not, that shit was in ads. I was gonna say, it's right. one of those. It's Look, one of I those was ads. also like 22. Yes, the generation that ads are like more geared for and to. They get it's all like, the it's, ads. It's, it's still one of known necessarily what it was. Even if it was an ad, that would have been like, oh, that's that song from the Gap commercial. That, she don't know that. Like. It is one of those songs, though, that's like it's old enough where you like go, you go to a grocery store or you go to like a doctor's office or something like that, and it's being played like, like a car wash, a barbecue, yeah, a restaurant, yeah, the song the in the bus. or the song in the she, she just because she didn't necessarily know it doesn't mean she hadn't heard it. I'm sure she heard it in the background somewhere. It's like that damn Kenny G album that's always playing in the background some damn where. You hear it. You don't know the name of them songs. <laughs> Are you talking about the one with Careless Whisper on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once again, I call bullshit. She's just uncultured. Could be. <laughs> I'm talking shit. No, I actually really thoroughly appreciate and enjoy her. And I haven't, there has been a, a rap girl that I have gotten, gotten into like that since 
early Nick that like early Nicki Minaj, Lola Monroe, yeah. Angel Hayes days. So like 2008, no, 2010 to like 2012. And she takes me back to that. And I'm like, girl, like you are, you that one. Yeah, she I thought when, you that one. I thought when we brought up Nicki Minaj at first, I thought we was gonna talk about how no, no, not Nicki Minaj, Remy, Remy Rob when she just said that she didn't think Doja Cat was a real rapper. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that. I was gonna get there. <laughs> she did say in the same interview where she talks about the Nicki Minaj brief, she did say, she said, I don't, she said, I think Doja Cat is a talented performer, but I don't think she's a rapper. Which I can't, so... I can't blame her for saying that. Exactly. I was just thinking the same thing. I don't if, disagree with her. Because no. Doja, she can freestyle. She can be in a cypher. She can rap. But if you if your only knowledge of her comes from her album, which I think a lot of people yeah. know her as, then you will be confused into what lane she's trying to be in. Because that most recent album she has is very good. I love it. Good. I played it all last summer. And you cannot go into a gay bar anywhere in, in, in Brooklyn without hearing at least one of them songs when you first walk in. But it's a lot of singing. It's a lot of, it's, it's not a lot of street rapping per se, the, the kind that Remy Ma does. Like it's- it, it, Remy it, can't do nothing but rap. Let's yeah. be honest. But that's, not, but that's not what Doja was giving on that album. everywhere. She experimented. I mean, she hasn't really been giving rap girl for real, for real, for a minute. You know what I mean? Like she's just she's an artist, and yes, rapping it's to like be able to rap is just one of those. Yeah, she can. She, she just can do it. She's very much. She's not. She's very much just an artist. She doesn't fit anywhere because she can just like she can rap. She can sing those. You know those soft, sweet ballads. She could also. Well, my. So she can also go well, like yeah. super heavy like EDM beat and make that work and. Like she did on the Harley Quinn soundtrack, and it's you know it's she can kind of go everywhere. So there, this is the day and age in which, and I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna truly give Nicki Minaj her kudos. Yeah. Um, she really did kick the door open in a mm-hmm. way for Black women who also rap to be able to do singing and pop music and to dabble into house and techno and edm and garage and even rock and all of that shit publicly in a way that a very white audience is here to purchase Uh and that's the fruit really that's the that's the tree that doja cat is the fruit from that tree she truly is So yeah, I, I mean, she's a lot not of a rapper, were, but she's a musician. She's but a lot of us were introduced to Doja Cat with "Bitch I'm a Cow," so it's like I know we kind of already cow. knew what we were getting with her, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really wish that she kind of stayed in that like "Bitch I'm a Cow" kind of lane, like Die Burger did. Day Burger, yeah, niggas be sleeping on Day Burger, and this bitch is this bitch is everything. Um, I wish you would have stayed in that kind of like weird, ridiculous, um, nonsensical, not necessarily taking herself too seriously realm for the majority. Like still have songs like Woman, because that that song that song bangs and everybody loves it. And all the women, regardless of their age, 
You see, have you ever seen a 75 year old woman listen to a woman? Yes. It's like, my God. I have you not. out here I, feeling I, the I, fantasy. I, and bitch, that hip don't even work right. <laughs> I don't doubt such a thing exists, but I have not personally seen it. It is. I don't want to say disconcerting. I was just uncomfortable. It was. But that's a me thing. Having to process I, other people's sexuality. In my situation, it was a 70 plus Spanish woman. Well, that's right. I mean, the whole track is right off that album. But that alley. Because <laughs> it was weird because not only was she over 70 and trying to grind on people, but she was like grinding on the guy and his girlfriend. So I was that confused right. as to which one she was like trying to grind. It was weird. I mean, that's what old people do, especially old women when they get drunk. They just want to have fun. They just want to pop that pussy on somebody's leg. Doesn't matter who it is. As long as they're, they're like dogs in heat. It's just... <laughs> um, Tyler Perry said that he slipped into Medea voice when he fucking, which was more than I ever wanted to know. But no, he didn't. I know y'all got enough. Hold on. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe an ounce of that. That is, I don't believe he said it out loud. Did Tyler Perry say that he slips into Medea's voice when he's having sex? Oh my god, um, disgusting! Yeah. <laughs> fair is real. Fair is fair. I will not judge somebody by their kinks if that's what. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. Okay, I just want to make sure that everybody's caught up. So Aaron has yet another theory. And this theory is that Tyler Perry's kink is, is cosplaying as, as an old lady. woman in the yeah. middle of sex. Oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> I mean... I can see it. I'm on board with this. <laughs> if, if there are people out there that, like I said, we, we don't, this is a judgment-free zone. If, if there are people is who... It? Would... <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I will personally judge, but I won't stop you from doing it. Exactly. If you, <laughs> if you, there it is. If you, if you want to put on a diaper when you do all that, fine. If you want to do latex, fine. His kink is cross-dressing as, as, as an older woman. And if, hey, it's somebody out there that, that enjoys it as much as he does. And if they are doing it consensually and, and, and mutually and all that, then... Okay, so, <laughs> let me ask y'all this. So, would you let Tyler Perry climb your back? No, in Medea voice. <laughs> no, sure. Like I said, I immediately no. I won't stand in the way of somebody else doing it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just not immediately. My thing. <laughs> that just ew. I feel dirty now. I'm mad that this is multiple sources. <laughs> I told you he really said this. There's a video. He was uh, doing one of those Vanity Fair interviews. You that know, was a ugh. The one that Kim Kardashian apologized for. She was like, I wasn't making a blatant statement. I was just talking about influencers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Even when it, you know what though? And I'm glad you stopped there. Even when it comes to influencers, Here's the thing. To become an influencer takes still a lot of work. And she has always had a team around long before the influencer was a thing. 
So she always had people doing that level of work for her, the social media, the marketing, all of those things. These are people that are sitting up there in their fucking homes, mm-hmm. starting off by their goddamn selves and building a, um, a following or what have you. And you want to tell them to go to work, bitch, you started off way better as an influencer before anyone else did. Get the fuck out of here. To get to influencer status, you got to have the money to spend to buy those products. That It, it takes money to make money. Can't let yeah. it get away have from me. To live <laughs> and it's like, you got to also have enough to live on so you can do these hours and hours and hours. Exactly. You know, it's like, just, like she, I'm like, yeah, I that. have like a regular job or whatever, but I be up all night doing these podcasts and doing all kinds of, you know, like it's a lot of. Energy. That girl can go away. She's full of shit. Well, we already knew it. What happened to her, like, getting people out of jail? She needs to focus on that. Go back to doing that. That's what we could moderately do with you. But now you are, stop talking. Get people out of jail. Work on prison reform. All right. And your, and your baby daddy. I mean, they was at a, uh, they was at same soccer game together today. Seemed oh, like- I didn't mean that. I meant him being banned from, banned from the Grammys and every nigga in the state, state. Oh country county and everything being upset about it you know whatever i don't care about an album that they ain't even heard because none of these niggas bought a fucking stem player yeah so i guess it's time to go over to the oscars (laughs) megan the stallion performed did a surprise verse for the opening of the oscars which was the cast of Encanto singing We Don't Talk About Bruno. Oh my gosh. Okay. It was We Don't Talk About Bruno, the Oscars mix though, because like halfway through the song, they switched it to all about the Oscars. I was very confused. I was like, wait, what? That's not how the song goes. Y'all started it out normal and then I don't know when the switch happened. Megan the Stallion started rapping, talking about all the kids, talking about Bruno this and Bruno that. Like, <laughs> you know, I look if Cardi can be Sharky B. Hey, listen, she ended this saying, "Young Tina Snow don't talk about Bruno." <laughs> I tell you, a queen, an icon, a role model, the face of this generation, and we are blessed to have her. Into it, my kids were into it. <laughs> Um, Beyonce performed. Okay. Now, one, I like the song Be Alive. I think it's a very pretty song. It's one of her best songs to me. It what is. is Be Alive from? King Richard. King Richard. <gasps> oh, that song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good song. It's one of her better songs. Uh, I agree. Um, The performance was beautiful. And it also... You're not about to tell me my good sis don't be out here marketing because everybody on that stage, including Beyonce herself, all had on custom Ivy Park, Adidas Ivy Park. Her hand, mama wore the same color on the red carpet that she wore in the performance. Mama's handbag was a tennis ball. Was it the burger? Is it still the burgundy orange collection right now? Oh, no, no, no. This is totally different. It is custom. It is tennis ball green. Literally, okay. everybody had on this. Like, oh, so it's the Venus and Serena collection. It is. She had her bag was a tennis ball. Her, her 
red carpet dress and her performance dress looked similarly enough that you could confuse them for the same dress. Everything was beautiful. Blue Ivy came out hitting her eight count. Mama hit every step, not a missed step, stutter, or nothing else on that stage. My word. It was everything. This is beautiful. All mm-hmm. right. And she didn't win. And she That's did what, win. She lost she to Billie Eilish. She lost to Billie Eilish. Now, a song about James Bond that is going to consistently win. Yeah. Um, it won last year. It won oh. before. Lost you heard a song about James Bond. That is a e. That is a, a check for life. Yeah, yeah it is. Songs are always going to win. It's just what yeah. it is. Like you, James Bond matter. songs are in a very specific category of music, and I ever love the James the Bond themes. Same. If you're ever up against a song from James Bond, just know you're. It's going, a rap. Like you're going to lose. Just be prepared. Yeah, it's too poppy, too, and too much of like a heavy orchestra. And they always get they always get the girl of the time. Yeah. Like Billie Eilish. They got garbage for the world. It's not enough. They um, Madonna, die another they day. Yeah, Tina Turner. Fucking Shirley Bassey. Yeah. Yeah. Tina Turner was what one was Tina Turner? Was uh, that um Golden Eye? Yeah. Yep. Shirley Bassey, black, black British nice. woman, Moonraker. Um, the world is not enough. Goldfinger. She did three fucking themes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you would never win against that. Yeah. Why hasn't she done a theme? Who be That is the most... Yes. Why is she doing the... Why is she doing remixes to Crazy I Love thought, for fucking Fifty Shades of Grey, but not a goddamn James Bond theme? I honestly I thought that she was... I thought she was going to sing the one that Adele sung. I um, feel like she wouldn't do one unless James Bond was black. So if they get Idris Elba to if do... If they finally give it to Idris Elba, she'll do it. Yeah, I don't know. That just okay. I I I could see I could see that. I just I want really her to do a James Bond thing because she I has. Really she was gonna, okay. she even was fucking Solange doing a James Bond thing. Because banger was the one that was originally talked about for doing the one that Adele did for which which one was it? It was one of the newer James Bonds. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I think it's Quantum Souls. Solstice, Solus. I think oh, that, that was that one. Let me Google. I so, didn't watch. The I one remember I went to James Bond So one of the biggest tragedies is that Phyllis Hyman did a James Bond song that was never released. Really? Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. Okay. Wait, yeah, what? But- for what movie? I heard it was one of the ones in the 80s. They so the songwriters, whoever they handpick, whoever they want to sing the song is yeah. Was they said we want Phyllis Hyman to sing it. She sang it. Um, but it was a con I think it was like a contract issue or something like that. And they never released it until like well after she died. And whoever it was you know, whoever came out and said just I think one of the songwriters was like we had to go with somebody. I think they went like Gladys Knight. Or, or whoever, whoever ended up okay. singing. But yeah, it's a Phyllis Hyman, James Bond song out there. And the speculation is, had she been allowed to release that song or whatever, untied the contract to let her release it, that could have like given her the career that she was owed, but never got. Mm-hmm. That would have catapulted her. Yeah, because there, there really, there truly is like a, a 
cult following and fascination for the music from James Bond from really every decade. It's an automatic hit for whoever sings it. Like it really it's is very it it's very cinematic. And it regardless of whatever vibe or feeling or who is singing, it always creates this like feeling of um su- suspense and excitement and intrigue. Yeah, as it if it is like questions. oh, like I'm about to go into the real life world of a spy. You know what I mean? I love James. I, that's I, what got me into Shirley uh, fucking Bassey. I went to a James Bond exhibit recently because I took um, took my kid to the Spy Museum here, and they had a James Bond exhibit. And you know, you go from room to room. They played the different themes. They had the different cars. They, mm-hmm. It was really fun to like go through and kind of like immerse yourself in the world of James Bond. Also, the Spy Museum is really fun anyway. Do they sell gear? They do. They do sell gear. I um, I bought some books when I was there. But there's also, like, you go through and you, like, because the whole point is to figure out what type of spy you would be. So it's like, would you be a code cracker? Would you be one to, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, it's interactive. It is. And there's one part where you have to it's you're essentially trying to like break the vault but you have to hit the buttons that are lit on the wall you know like that like time game where you got to hit the buttons as they light up simon says no 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 no. the ones like that they're at carnivals and shit it's like a booth and it's all full of buttons and you're trying to like it's called like time warp or something bitch i go to carnivals to eat elephant ears and corn dogs and that is it i was about to say i ain't never see one of them. i don't never i don't do nothing at carnivals but eat and gawk at boys so this this has been a standing rivalry with me and my kid's father this game and t-ball i am currently winning both he will say otherwise but that's because he's a sore loser anyway <laughs> but in the version at the spy museum you gotta like hit the buttons but you also have to avoid the lasers because if you hit the lasers, you lose time so it's like you're a cat burglar trying to get through i won i beat the oh key my god <laughs> <laughs> no it's fun. it's fun it was a wild tangent but it's very fun <laughs> what else happened at the oscars um <laughs> are we going to dive into it because i feel like that's going to be the bulk of the show we're going to so yeah. chris rock was doing whatever the fuck i don't know if he was hosting or presenting because god knows i did not watch the oscars regina hall was hosting regina that's hall regina hall regina hall that's what i saw it was just wanda sykes and amy schumer no, I that's why I was like, I don't like Amy Schumer. Why the I fuck is this bitch here? I can't see. There are so many other. Where's Amy Poehler? They gotta put her ass there. She hosted. I want to say she hosted one year. Hosted. No, Billy. Uh, 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 Chevy Chase hosted multiple years. Put her ass there. Put Tina Fey there. Put like actual funny white women there. Don't put Amy Schumer. I mean, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, they, they are bare minimum for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> How dare you? They are, I agree. How? They're, they're only a slight improvement. 
They um, are hilarious with me. Hilarious. Getting afraid by herself. I can do without Amy Poehler. You niggas ain't worth my shit. You know, the only I would like to see Maya Rudolph host by herself. Uh-huh. She's the only out of that whole Saturday Night Live certain era. You know, all those girls, she's the only one I want to see like carry a show. Maya Rudolph is too busy doing like weird, ridiculous, funny shit. <laughs> that's why she's, she's doing like the really odd, dark humor shit. That's why she would be perfect for the Oscars. Like, I feel like she would just like take it to a place that we need to go. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. It's the it's 2020. She can't go on there and talk about yes, I'm biracial. Yes, I smell like marshmallows, but no, I'm not addicted to porn. That worked in 2002. That does not work in 2022. <laughs> it does for me, but okay. I was gonna but, say, um, I'm interested in that. But yeah. So Chris Rock was, I guess, presenting. And he pointed out Will and Jada. Mm-hmm. And said, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait for it to come out. So Will casually walks onto the stage, slaps the shit out of Chris Rock, and then walks back to his seat. (laughs) (laughs) Now this whole thing, I just just want to say very quickly, it was giving like Dynasty. Like it was. <laughs> it was giving it was giving Young and the Restless. It was giving like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. Like I kept and nobody like I was following this whole thing on every platform and nobody pointed that out. Like nobody pointed it out like how 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 it was just giving dinosaurs. Like nobody like I was just waiting for like a yeah. caption or like a screenshot of like Joan Collins and somebody just going at it and nobody connected that dot. Like, I'm mad. But anyway. (laughs) It did give... When I saw it, I instantly flashed to Eileen on Real Housewives. Beast, how dare you? (laughs) I flashed to that. Like, so... You know. So then, as Chris comments about the fact that we'll just slap the shit out of him, Will is yelling, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Mm. Which, okay, so this has been building up for a while because this is not the first time mm-hmm. that Chris has gone at the Smiths. They, he went at them a couple of years ago when Jada tried to lead the boycott against the Oscars from being too white coincidentally it was also when like, i think will was like up for something and didn't get it get will it or something get nominated he didn't get nominated for something that oh he was trying to get nominated for that concussion movie where mm-hmm. he had that terrible accent now i remember where he was playing the nigerian football coach and tried to do a nigerian accent but it was given like uh wakanda <laughs> like, like i don't know <laughs> it was given do blatant hollywood african accent like I was gonna say it was given coming to America part one. Like <laughs> and it's like that's why you didn't get nominated. Like this is not, this is not your lane. Will Smith has been trying so hard to get an Oscar for like the wrong 
ways. Like, I'm so I'm glad he finally got it so he can stop trying. But like the some of the movies he's made that he's obviously trying to get an Oscar for, it's like they can see through that. And that's why they they never gave it to you. Yeah. So that year, that year that that movie came out was that was the second year that it wasn't just predominantly white, but it was all white. Yeah. So the comment about she had a point. The a point I mean, was made that the Oscars. Yeah, it so should not have centered around. She didn't have to center center it around Will Smith. Yeah, like you at could all. Have centered it around a black actor or actress that had a worthy performance that should have been nominated, like Viola Davis. Every time she steps on the stage, like every time Viola and breathes. Yeah, like, <laughs> unless she's in heels, because let's be honest, Mama has a heavy walk. She Cisco Walker heels. If it's not she... best comedy. Don't put that bitch in heels. Mama walks like she has the weight of the ancestry on her shoulders. Because she does. <laughs> Mama has a heavy walk. You but now all of that shit was, that was the second year in a row that it was all white. And she didn't have to center it around. Yeah. But that also didn't need to be, I don't know, something about that, like, Will, like not Will Smith, Chris Rock making a joke about that in a white space in front of white people that already made me massively uncomfortable. Oh, very much so. Very much. Yeah. Um, and people are like, well, this is why. It's like, no, that's not why. Because Will was sitting there laughing and he looked over at his wife and she was hurt. Yeah. He was like, oh, fuck, I gotta fix this. Like, this bitch just so, laughing. Was... <laughs> so, so this is the thing. All right. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying this is my personal interpretation of events. This has not been, nobody has said this is what happened, but this is because I've been a nigga long enough to understand nigga interactions. <laughs> so <laughs> what this says to me is we all know Jada's bald because of the alopecia and everything else that she has going on with her house. We know this. she's been open and vocal about it. This says to me that he was told to not make jokes about this and he chose to do so anyway. And I got that because in all of my Negro years, I have never known someone in a fight to say, keep my, their, her, she, him name out of your mouth if they weren't previously warned not to speak about this person. It's very rare that we jump to keep such and such as name out your mouth if there's no, if the past wasn't given. You know what I'm saying? Because we're good for, that's the last time you speak on them. And then when they say something else, punch this nigga in the face. So I told you keep such and such name out your mouth. You know, I've never known us to jump there initially with if there wasn't a warning. Bigger still. Chris Rock knew what the triggers were. He also knew he's not on the best terms with the Swifts. He could have just as easily not done that joke. So I've been thinking about this a lot today. And I have complicated feelings, right? Because while I can't say I necessarily agree with, with grown people just slapping the shit out of each other, I also am from the school, like, sometimes you need to slap a bitch, you know? 
Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's very much like, was that the time and place? Not necessarily. But what, do I disagree with him slapping fire out his ass? Not at all. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's never, it's never a right time and place. That's the thing, it's, though. It's really like, never. It's never, never going to no, be the right time. <laughs> so, <laughs> my thing with all of this was, one, never thought Will Smith would do it at all. Two, never thought he would do it on television, let alone at the Oscars. Because for a very long time, Will Smith has been um, America's Black right he's america's black and last night we got to see him handle a black ass dispute in a very black ass way in a very white space do i think that it was a bad move publicly yes obviously of course do i think that that was something that was let's be honest necessary off camera probably so um, and once again, in the words of Janet Hubert, the black dress, the black dress, <laughs> the fucking black dress. I met Chris Rock once. That was enough for me. <laughs> and she's not the only one who says it. A lot of people say that Chris Rock goes out of his way to make very mean and hurtful comments, especially with things that he knows you're sensitive about. The fun thing that I have gotten out of all of this is everybody's, over the years, everybody's response to his shitty jokes about them. So (laughs) the first one I saw, I've seen like six or seven of them, but the first one I saw this morning, which was the funniest one to me, was from when he hosted the VMAs in 99. Oh, good Lord. And he was like, Pink and Britney, why was their mics even on? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole joke about how these kids, they don't sing and all this other shit. And then you cut to NSYNC's performance the next year where they're going out their way to be petty to show you that they're actually singing into those mics. That was very funny to see first thing this morning after seeing him get the shit slapped out of him. (laughs) I saw a tweet that kind of summed up how I felt. It's like the tweet, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just like, I can tell y'all didn't go to schools where girls were eating eating hot Cheetos at 7 a.m. Yep. yep. <laughs> and that's exactly the energy I carry and I think Will Smith carries into life where it's just like, like I said, there is never a right time. Now, we don't advocate for violence, um, but I think the definition of violence shifts depending on context, person, and the method of delivery, let's say. Now, I when I hear the word violence, the way I grew up, the the world I live in, the skin I occupy and whatnot, I think of gun violence, I think of targeted violence, I think of aggressive assault, take a weapon, beating somebody down, uh, or even using your fist in a fist fight. Um, That to me is violence. If someone slaps somebody and there's no retaliation and like 
you get slapped and five minutes later the stinging goes away i don't consider that violence per se a lot of people have been attaching the word violence to the situation i think in this particular situation it's overused will chris rock have some trauma from this i don't know i don't think that's for any of us to say if he you know 10 years later he's still struggling with this okay we can reassess but i don't consider this to be violence this is a this is this to me is just like you needed to get checked like and it's I never a right time i also want people to stop trying to make this a mental health issue on will's part yes i think he was in full and it's not it's not for any of us to diagnose or later, right but i think you know this is a person who has had a book and a movie out and a very public uh, entanglement with <laughs> well, well, his, his spouse has had a very public entanglement. Like this man is dealing with a lot in the public eye and appears to be handling it well. Um, I think it might be safe to say that it is not a mental health issue. It is, again, if you went to a high school where the girls was eating Cheetos at 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock, you, you know a situation where if you if you keep poking the bear, if you keep if you keep messing with me, you keep doing this, mm-hmm. you know, it's on site. And unfortunately, on site just happened to be Oscar night in front of millions of people. So and it, I feel like people go to the like Andy Cohen school of uh, Andy Cohen school of like defining what violence is and what we yeah. do condone and don't uh, don't condone, right? Because violence comes more than in just the physical form. Um, It can come from exploitation. It can come from um, verbal abuse. um, It can come from um, being removed from aspects of what have you, right? There's many forms of fucking violence. And when Chris Rock opened his mouth that night and talked about Jada in front of her face in this white-ass atmosphere on this camera, that in and of itself was a form of violence. Yeah. Did Will Smith have to handle it that way? No, but eventually he was going to have to handle it some kind of way way, on a camera or off of a camera. And sometimes, and this is a lesson because white people like to talk about how their definition of violence is unacceptable and their definition of violence is physical despite, and I'm going to take this back, take it a biggity, biggity, biggity back to the Real Housewives of Potomac with Monique, (laughs) because we're talking about moments and what we define as being violent. Monique was physically violent in that moment, but she was also responding to another form of violence that was being perpetrated upon her. And this is the exact same fucking thing. Like that nigga talk too fucking much. Sometimes you got a slap a bitch. Yeah, he got slapped. You know what it reminded me of? Speaking of housewives, you know what I thought of? Remember the uh, Atlanta reunion where Kenya kept yelling at Portia with and that Portia drunk that she, she didn't just keep I, yelling at her. That is violent. Shit in that her is face. violent. That, that is violent. I don't that- condone. There's a level of violence I don't condone. I don't necessarily condone that, but I empathize. I understand. Don't push it in my face. I totally understand it. Don't put things in my face. Like with this whole thing, it's like, do I necessarily agree with the way he handled that? No, but I do 
firmly believe in protecting your mental health at all costs and at all expense, right? And if that means you slap the shit out of a bitch to protect your mental health and the mental health of people that you care about, then that's what it is because attacks on mental health is just as violent as a physical attack. So at that point, it became self-defense, really. Like, there's somebody I agree with that I know that we agree on this and they're like, the world's gonna explode because we don't agree on shit. <laughs> Everybody just has something to say about this. And there was a lot of people- A lot of comments. Well, because it was that, Will Smith. That, like, that's that, really what it is. Nobody I, expected okay. anything like this from Will Smith. You know, It's what? like the I, Bill Cosby syndrome. Nobody expected I, shit from Bill Cosby. I want Black America to divest from the personal lives of Will Smith and Jada and, and the rest of them. I do not care about. I do not care about their personal lives. I, I do not have. Let's be fair, because we only just got into it because of entanglement. That's literally it. No, we have. No, once we again, have always. There's, but there's always. But Will there. was America's black. Like he was more the like black, black folks that was non-threatening Negro to the white folk. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, not like we gave him up, but we were but, like, oh, that's Will Smith. But even you know, among black people, there's always been this romanticizing of their relationship, this yeah. this like fantasy aspect of their relationship. People were invested even when they didn't know anything about it. Because we're always go- we're always gonna love a black power couple like Beyonce and Jay Z. Even going back to like Ruby D and Ossie Davis, like we love those those types of couples where like both of y'all are famous both of y'all are doing it and they make it look so good they make it look so good like oh they're always happy and they're making money and they doing this and they doing this one thing that kind of came out of this not the oscars but it came out when will was promoting the book and it's something you kind of saw and kind of suspected but nobody quite said it out loud was the fact that like jada's career could have been a lot bigger and he said it himself Mm-hmm. Um, has she not always taken like that ride or die wifey type situation like she has had her own career she has had her own movie roles but a lot of that came from the benefit of being Mrs. Will Smith and not necessarily Jada Pinkett right so mm-hmm. and he acknowledges yeah. that. he's just like yeah I know that like there were times where my wife had to like take a backseat to my career because I was trying to do trying to do this and trying to do this and she couldn't do what she wanted to do because I came first. So that I think there's a there's some of that that we don't always talk about in terms of like we we see them as a couple, but we only we see it as a very heteronormative man leads, woman follows mm-hmm. type type thing. And when you when she does kind of go out on her own, when she does like, you know, get get her own shine and whatever, she can it is never like we never see it as being her doing it on her own merit. We always say, like, oh, you know, Will got her that role. Mm-hmm. Or you know, she only got that role because, you know, of this or this or this. That's the that's the thing that kind of like stays with me when I look at, at like any situation with them. We we downplay. And don't necessarily give Jada her, not for, not for Red Table Talk. Let me just start there. <laughs> but we don't give her her due. And actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm even going to kind of, I'm going to throw a little bit of that in there too, because like, yeah, some of the conversations are a bit like, girl, what are we doing? But 
still there are conversations that she's a black woman feels like it's important to have. And many of the conversations that she has on Red Table Talk are actually like important conversations to be having. And it's empowering and interesting in seeing her and her daughter and her mother sitting and talking about these things in a way that many of us don't have the capability to. And all of that is to say, we don't give necessarily the roses that are due onto her simply for the acting career, yeah. simply. Because sis does act. And sis is good at what she does. And she, and she could have had a bigger career. Well, she that's the thing, though. This is what bothers me. It's like, before she married him, she had some classics. Yeah, like big she time. Had some, like, true, like, Menace to Society, um, Jason's Lyric. I'll even... A um, shame. I was going to say, I'll give her that. <laughs> Lowdown, well, Dirty Shame. I re-watched a Lowdown, Dirty Shame recently with adult eyes. And oh, it's problematic as hell. But it's, oh, no, it is. It's, it's, it's slightly it's problematic. problematic. But also, like, parts of it don't make sense in, like, some of the it, dialogue. No, it's nonsensical. <laughs> it's not linear. The writing yeah, is yeah. all over the place. It's hella problematic. Yeah. But it's just fun. Like, it's yeah, just this look good. It's, it's one of those things. Right. I love this movie when I was 12 years old. Watching this now at 37, I'm like, why did I like? Well, I I still like it. It has some funny yeah. parts, but as a whole, it's just, like, I was remembering the more funny parts. But watching that movie as a whole, I'm like, mm. <laughs> it's totally you have to suspend every level of reality for that movie to make sense and it's still but she made that movie though she made she made that nobody movie. else could have played that part nobody no else that's the thing the the energy has always been there for her but after she got married to him like you can there's except like the matrix there's very little i can point and girl the matrix girls trip but it's is she the classics yeah. were just not hitting the same like no like Jada Pinkett Smith has set it off as a very different young woman yeah she's a di very different woman like she is out she's like I am that girl and I am here to make my way in Hollywood yeah. but ha I hate to say it too though but had she not married him she would have ended up like no shade like a Vivica Fox. Oh, well, I mean, Vivica Fox. Or at least Neil. I was going to say, she she would be more closely aligned with mm -hmm. Vivica Fox and like a Nia Long. You know, like, they have... They we don't, we can't draw that correlation to Nia Long because Nia Long say, is a special kind of queen. I was going to say, can, <laughs> can Nia Long be put on the same category? Who? I, I see Nia Long and Jada in the same category. Okay, like, that's fair. That's actually fair. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. Oh, no. Okay, sure. Go ahead. I mean, they they like the difference is like Nia, the the Nia Longs, the Sanaa Lathans, the mm, we don't talk about her. She like to bite people. All right, never mind her. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you know exactly the actresses I'm talking. We about. don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> they, they continue to like continue putting out quality work in different genres in a way that Jada did not. Yeah. Like the best man. Jada Pinkett could have been in the best man, but she wasn't. Yeah, but Neil was there. And Regina Hall was there. And you know, and the best man like continues to endure. Love and bat like Jada Pinkett could have been in Love and Basketball, but she wasn't. But yeah, they're making a best man series, I think. Yeah. And Jada could have been right there, but you know, that's exactly something that's in her lane. But you know. You know what I will say though, like out of all of them, 
she her having the red table talk despite how like it weaponizes the language of healing um i don't want to give it too much you know i want to put 20 on 10 but it definitely has served a purpose it's a a format that we haven't seen often. Yeah, and it, I think it and it works because with, of her too, though. Yeah, like she with, is like non-threatening negress, right along with her husband, at least presenting to the white world, and having that, like, okay, all right, I'd rather have you here than I don't know doing um some romantic comedy with um how do you do. A romantic comedy with fucking Jennifer Lopez for fuck's sakes. Because that woman is awful. I, I'll give Jennifer Lopez this. She she's a hustler. Like we we she we will never not see her somewhere. I did watch her 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 Mary movie movie. It's it's kind of good. It's kind of good. You gotta you, again. You gotta suspend some disbelief, but um. Is 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 good on like a Saturday morning when there's nothing to do and nothing to watch. No, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw that, and the entire time I was like, "She's doing this again." I thought we already got this. I thought this was what was it? The one made in Manhattan. I thought this was made in Manhattan. That's her lane. That is her lane. That is what she's good at. And you know, you know what's funny? Marry me. Yeah, that garbage. I attempted to watch that. I think I got 10 minutes. I, I might have got 25 minutes in before I was like, first of all, I've now heard this damn song five times. <laughs> and secondly, this shit is terrible. And I love a Jennifer Lopez romantic comedy. The Wedding Planner, Made in Manhattan, get injected directly into my veins. This movie yeah, no, I'm good. was awful. I can't do, okay, so I think about Jennifer Lopez in The Cell and in Enough, and it's funny because I literally was just earlier today talking about, like, specifically this, and then I think about her in, like, Made in Manhattan, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily, not necessarily Monster-in-Law. Because it it was a different, it was a twist on what she had already Monster been doing. Monster in Law was cute, yeah. Monster in Law was cute. It was funny. It was it brought Jane Fonda back into the pop culture in a way which like the gays were all about. And then you know what was it, Frankie and Frankie and Ness, whatever, Frankie and oh, Ness, Grace, whatever Frank. the fuck it was. Grace and Frankie or something. Frankie and Grace. <laughs> that show is good. I've been calling that shit <laughs> Frankie for years. That's what we're gonna stick with. <laughs> Shout out, uh, you know, all prayers up to to Frankie. Um, but these romantic comedies, I just no, <laughs> just no. Stop <laughs> it, stop it. I understand this is your niche, and this is something that's very easy for her to do. Right, you get on, you be hot, you be kind of goofy or clumsy, but still at the very end endearing or poor and endearing it's always like here's the negative but she's endearing like it's always that right right like i understand completely and utterly and totally that this is your lane 
right? This is how you make your bread and butter. But I really want you to start challenging yourself. And please, for the love of God, not musically, please don't release another album. She said that she is tired of being underestimated in the movie business. She's tired of being looked at, looked at as the pretty girl who can sing, who sometimes stars in movies. She's tired of being... She said, wait, hold on. Stop right there. She said she's tired of being looked at as the pretty girl who can sing, but stars in... Okay. That's what she said. Somebody's she, living a French vanilla fantasy. She said she wants them to stop thinking of her as an artist who acts and more as an actor. Nobody thinks of you as an artist who acts. Said, we think of you as an actor. I she listen, I was a sortist and I said, Oh, mama's high. So <laughs> somebody's having delusions of grandeur. She kind of has a little bit of a point because. She can do a dramatic role under the right. I mean, everything has to line up perfectly. The director, okay. the writing, all of that. Because she's got a few dramatic roles. Like Hustlers was one. And then Out of Sight with George Clooney. The, that's the other one. I know it was very And what? Oh, Enough. Yeah. Enough Enough is a good one. She can, it, it, on, the, on a good day, she can turn in a performance. And I and I think that's where she's probably getting at. It's just like y'all don't give me enough of this, but I get a lot. I of hear that, but my quibble is don't nobody think of you as an artist who acts. I'm telling you, Mama. Nobody. That's is, exactly my point. That damn. Not movie. even like the movies, like who be in movies sometimes. Literally, no one's saying that. We're we're saying that Jennifer Lopez. Ain't nobody said you heard that new Jennifer Lopez album. We don't want to hear you talking about how you ain't somebody mama. Like, we don't, we're not looking for that. We want you to go in there and beat up white men or pretend to be poor and meet some rich nigga while you- No, 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 no. We don't want you to pretend to be poor anymore to meet some rich nigga to marry him. We want you to take better acting roles. Now, it's, I truly love Made in Manhattan, if for nothing else, for the Harry Winston Reef. I am- a-okay on that. I have been forced to watch it multiple times. One of those times was jury duty. I am scarred and dramatized. <laughs> I never want to see that I, shit. Either. I never watched a movie when I was at jury duty. I, I don't know what they had. Nigga, to this nigga picked out, he went alphabetical because it was the Made in Manhattan and the fucking Matrix. <laughs> it's like, you lazy son of a bitch. But like, but I also like, 10 things I hate about you and how to lose a guy in 10 days and she's all like those movies are right up my fucking alley so I watched Clueless last night and it's still creepy that she hooks up with her stepbrother but uh her stepbrother who is in his mid-20s I can't watch Clueless anymore she's 16 like it's Stacey Dash fucked that up plus thinking about it's like yeah she's in a junior in high school and she's having sex with her 24 four-year-old yeah, stepbrother. Yeah, he's about to start law school. Like, it's... Yeah, no. They didn't, they didn't think that through. So I said, I literally watched it last night, so. Well, is there anything else happening in the world? Nothing I care to talk about. <laughs> well, how are you How are you feeling, Aaron? How am I feeling? Um, I'm feeling all right. I don't have any major updates. I might have mentioned last last episode that I have been asked to write an obituary for a friend's 
loved one that passed away, I'm in the middle of doing that. Um, the hard part, well, the not say hard part, but the challenging part is um, trying to give voice and give light to a life that was marked with what we perceive as struggle, what we perceive as, um, you know, what, whatever I say perceive as is because like, because I'm not walk, walking this person's shoes, like I can't say for sure that like they were unhappy or, or, or whatever. Um, but when I hear other people describe, you know, their life or whatever, it's just like, oh, we didn't have this, or we didn't have this, we didn't have this, but you know, it's an obituary. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you can't, you can't be brutally honest in an obituary and say like, oh, we didn't grow up with this, we didn't grow up with this. The challenge in this situation is, well, what did you have? What, what did you, you know, what, what were the moments that you cherish? What were the moments that you always take with you and that you'll remember and that mark this person's life? Um, that, you know, maybe relatively speaking, they did not give what the next person gave, but what exactly did they give that made your life, um, you know, even more better. So um, it's an interesting challenge, but we'll, we'll get through it. And I'm concentrating a lot of energy on that right now. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling. It's weird. I'm in a weird place because it's like there's a lot of balls in the air right now in my life. So it's like I don't know how to categorize my emotional state just because there are so many balls in the air and so many different things happening and changing and moving around and it's just kind of like I'm just kind of existing. That's why I said I don't want sponsibilities no more. <laughs> Cause I just, I'm tired of like, it's like being an adult is fucking ghetto. It's a trap and it sucks. And we didn't ask for the shit because these people decided to go hunch one night. I mean, I wanted to get up and pay bills for myself. Like I just can't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I ain't even get to do the fun part. Like y'all just, y'all go off and go hunch and now I gotta take care of myself. Fuck out of here. Like it's just, I don't know. It's so much in there right now. It's weird. I'm just trying to adapt and move and deal with shit on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, it's like, it's just it's just hard to say where I'm landing at emotionally just because there is just there's about 12 balls in the air right now and I don't know which one's going to hit the floor first. You know what I'm saying? So. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Um, well, I am, uh, still whelmed. Um, okay. So here, here's the thing. Excuse me, y'all. Um, I'm whelmed in my normal everyday life, but it is, it's okay. And it has no choice, but to be okay. I did get the chance today to, sharpen my claws because this nigga does not know how to let people have it and i have been given the gift of gab and the capability to string hurtful things together um i use my powers for evil mostly but you know that's life um i want to read this to the world 
because I've met this person. And when he asked me to draft this read for this person, um, I said happily, and I was poopy. So it's not my best work. I was not concentrated on this. Um, I was more so trying to, I was more so regretting not having a smoothie a little, a little earlier, right? Um, this person is trash, garbage. Uh, <laughs> this person suffers from body dysmorphia in the worst gay way possible, where any and everything is about him, his attractiveness, and his body. But unfortunately, many of us as gay men are. Um, so you know what? Yeah, let's get in. A poem. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, a poem entitled um this, this bag is worthless Lee pain i can't let me make this clear to you her and whatever god is unfortunate enough to have you as a follower you will never make another juvenile idle threat against me <laughs> again this is over a $10 hot cold bag that some poor Asian child spent half a day trying to make and only earned 15 cents. The bag was disposed of already. The bag is garbage. The bag is debris. The bag is trash, much like you and many of the poor decisions you've continued to make. But that's a discussion for another day. You've been calling for a few weeks over a bag that is worthless. I can't help but be reminded of a certain watch, which I will fill that in in just a second, that also had no value and became the focal point, much like this bag of attempted communication, excuse me. Neither of these items are worth anything, meaning they have no value in my life, meaning that this has no value in my life. This, dear sir, is done. God bless. I wish nothing but health and prosperity. Just make sure you're doing so away from me and the rest of civilization who has at least the minimum amount of shame, integrity, and dignity. Hold on to God's unchanging hand because, sweetie, you're going to need it. So there was this whole situation. There, there, there's specific people that are very peripheral to me, right? But these people that are peripheral to me have, over the years, made um, attempts to communicate not just with myself well not just with him but also with myself very on a very secondary matter mm -hmm. very secondary way um over things that don't matter because they have fallen out instead of just saying we don't like each other and we're done it's not that hard um all of this is to say especially after today girl let me tell you i went to this i, I went to this pop up and I let's just say I ran into a, a few people that I did was not expecting to run into right um so I was the best me that God has created <laughs> I am from this day forward this day forward um no longer engaging in insincere pleasantries maintaining uh, relationships that I don't want to have in my life or in my space mm -hmm. out of ideas of like nothing but pure survival. I don't care about these people or how they feel or these things or what they attach a value to that I don't necessarily give a flying fuck about. Today has been a learning day of fuck these niggas. They can mm -hmm. drop dead. Mm -hmm. And 
it was nice to kind of get the claws out just bare minimum not even out they were just there in the paws the paws were stretched that was it um because that's always fun at least for me but i am over it i'm over it i'm completely over it i'm tired of having to live up to or play into or uh, work around expectations that people have of me, especially like on a social level or in social settings. I'm exhausted by it. Um, and I am excited about the chance to start over again and not to have to talk to people that I don't want to talk to because they're there. Yeah, that's fair. All right, y'all. <laughs> This edible kicked in. Y'all, you niggas have a good night. Go fuck yourselves. And fuck your mama, too. Fuck that bitch. She ain't worth shit. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Good night, y'all.